to Core Community Covenant Church with Pastors Max and Trish. Join us as we learn more about the Word of God. God bless you and welcome to Core 242 service. We're excited to have you back and excited for today's teaching on the new topic. So we are in the middle of a series on praising God in whatever you do, uh, whether it's through prayer, through your body and boundaries. Uh, this second half of the series that we're looking at, we will be looking at offering mundane work, just routine labor, uh, but also laughter, singing, dancing. Those are the next few weeks that we have up ahead. And we already talked a couple of weeks ago about when we were speaking of boundaries, we looked at the topic of work but from the angle of work and rest and how God created work, but he also uh, gave us limitations and expects us to find rhythms of rest where we trust in him and we cease from our busyness and have that quiet space with him. So we did reflect a little bit on work. Today is more of a different angle. We're gonna look at work more specifically from how all work should be sacred. We tend to put things in boxes that certain things are holier than others. Like if you're a pastor or a missionary, maybe you're more holy than someone who works at a bank or a lawyer or whatever, uh, you know, your teacher. But really from God's perspective, all of those things are sacred and holy, not because of the work in and of itself, but because of his presence with us. So if you want to just share a little bit about what we recap, what we talked about when we spoke of work from looking at Genesis and as far as boundaries and God's intention for work. Yeah, I think that those I know when we hear that God created work, we're like, why did He punish us so much? But uh, one of the verses that that we talked about was verse uh, Genesis two, uh, fifteen, where it says, "The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden and worked to work it and take care of it." That was that was just it wasn't even a command. He just put him there because God created all these amazing things for us. He's like, no, go work it. It wasn't a punishment. It was anything else. Of course, after we have sinned, there was more pain um, and toil. Yeah, pain and toil uh, that added to our jobs. But it, it also, I feel like a lot of times those are just because of our attitudes. And I think we're going to dive into that more because of the lack of boundaries and because of the character that we have and everything else that comes with it, where work itself becomes such a burden to us where god have really blessed us with it that because of work there's provision right i think we yeah. need to remember that yeah and the other piece of of that discussion and, and that we can look at today is that there is also the danger of work becoming an idol right mm, I mean, so absolutely. many people just they bury themselves in their work they find meaning and purpose success they're really defined especially in in western american culture uh, we, you know, you meet someone and you find out their name and the next question usually is, and what do you do for a living? You know, Absolutely. and uh, rather than being defined by who we are in Christ, by, you know, our relationships in society with others, uh, we really often are a culture that defines ourselves by work and work can become an idol. Uh, we put work before our families. We put work before our time with the Lord. We put it in front of our health sometimes. Um, and especially honestly, those who are in ministry, because it does add that extra component where we tend to think of it as well, you're doing it for the kingdom or you're doing it for the Lord. So people who work 
in church or, you know, you hear these tragic stories um, time and time again. Uh, and we've lived through that some of it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, just the burnout that comes with working in ministry and making, honestly, being a workaholic and making work an idol. So we don't want to we don't want to switch that way, but we do want to recognize that God created work. It is not a curse. Uh, it's something that He beautifully designed and intended for us to have a creative outlet, um, to be innovative, to be productive, uh, and to find a sense of purpose in our gifts. Yeah, I think I, I love what you said. And when I was reading uh, one of the articles from uh, last last week, and talked about the difference between uh, activity and accomplishments, especially in the ministry for a portion of our lives where we're so busy with activity or work of ministry, but we're not accomplishing God's will for, for us or for the community that we're serving a church or the neighborhood itself, because we're just busy with things and really not accomplishing anything that God put on our hearts that he has. We actually haven't asked him what he wants us to do. We're just like, all right, Monday service, Tuesday service, Wednesday food pantry, all these other things that we got to do each and every day. And none of it is guided by God. And God is not really in it a lot of the times, which which is sad. Uh, so that's why we need to talk about the activity of the work that God has put on us that we can see, accomplish God's glory and God's honor in all the things that we do, not just um, the ministry part of it, because then we dismiss the one over the other. Right. So the first myth to kind of dispel as we look at, you know, honoring God and, and seeing our mundane grind and our work and our chores and our tasks as an act of worship, offering it to God as a sacrifice of worship, we have to dispel the myth that certain work is holier than others. Yeah. So working, as I said, a missionary or a pastor or worship leader any of those things where you're doing ministry, quote unquote, full time, uh, is not holier than any other occupation. And so that means that those who do see themselves in that role need to take it down a notch and realize that work is work. And to ask that question, like you said, is it just activity? Not every good thing is a God thing. It's not all that God has planned for you. And if it's at the cost of your family or your health or these other things, then you have to take a hard look at have you made ministry have you made your work into an idol and for those who are in the the secular field in the marketplace to elevate right to elevate those roles and to see that all work should be kingdom work so when you go to your corporate office or when you're in a zoom call or if you're teaching in the classroom or if you're on a construction site wh whatever field that you're in um that that your life and the Holy Spirit working through you emanates in all that you do and, and that you see it all as an act of worship as Colossians 3, 23, 24 says, right? Yeah, I, th I think that those verses, we've, we've looked at those verses a number of times, but they're just, they're just so powerful um, for us to keep reading it. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive the inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And that's a good reminder in all the things that we do, who's our bosses? Mm -hmm. to, to be honest, um, I, I like that. I like that idea. I've, I've been checked a number of times when uh, I lost my lost my job or things were getting hard in, the, in my position at one time or the other. 
and I, I do remember a friend reminding me, it's like, who's in charge of this? Is is I'm a teacher, so is it your principal in charge of this or is it God? Who are you putting yeah. above your life? Just another person, another man, or are you putting God over it? And uh, realizing that God is in control of all those things. So I'm working for him. So if I have to switch positions, switch a job, switch a class, whatever, um, it is God or God ordained. And he was, he's shifting me into the position where I need to be. And looking in the past 21 years of being a, a high school teacher and the changes that I have made, I can see God absolutely working through me and for me for the better of my life mm-hmm. from where I started 21 years ago to where I am now and seeing where God is leading me next as scary as it is you keep on looking and be like yes as long as I remember that this is God and this is what I'm working for and I'm doing it with all my heart that's that, that's that's how we bring uh, God into those things and I think the next the next thing that, you, that you're gonna that you're gonna share about how we bring god where god is um i think it will open our eyes well you you make a a good point which is that when we do what we do for the lord it's not about our bosses it's not about our co-workers it's honestly not even about the people that we are supposedly serving whether Mm -hmm. it's clients or students or uh, members whatever that looks like we we if we take the focus off of that and realize that god has put you in your workplace because he's doing a work in you. Mm. And that's always an important reminder. One of the ways that our work becomes sacred and holy is that we realize that as we work, as we serve, God is doing a work and God is changing and transforming us, right? I mean, that's Romans 12, 1 and 2 is to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, Mm -hmm. holy and pleasing to God. And so we always want to bring that focus back that being able to have a job, being able to work even if you're, you know, as a, again, not even, but as a homemaker where you're doing honestly the job of seven people sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, that, that the mundane task, the routine, taking care of children and uh, you know, running errands and doctor's appointments. If you're a caregiver, which I did that first season for a loved one uh, that, that just the burden and the grind of it can really be uh, disheartening because you're doing work that nobody sees or appreciates and so it's important to remember that god has put you in that position because he wants to accomplish a holy work in you he's he's refining you he's making you holy and so it's not even while there's a huge piece of it the people that you're impacting the lives around you that are hopefully being brought closer to the lord it's also about what he's doing within us And this is the part that brings what you were saying to Matthew 23, kind of an unusual text to look at for this topic. But Jesus, actually, this whole chapter, he is seven woes where he's condemning uh, the teachers of the law. And he makes an example out of them that really was quite shocking to the people who would have been listening. And he starts off telling the crowds that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So in other words, they would have been considered the most holy people um, in their society. And he says, you must obey them and do what they tell you, but do not do what they do. They do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for men to see. And that's that first point of here. They're supposed to be 
the the priest of the priests of the most high god right they're supposed to be the teachers of the law they're supposed to be those who are set apart as sacred and holy above you know it would have been the most revered positions and jesus condemns them because he says they're doing it for men to see they they like to have the seats of honor he goes on to say they like to be seen and heard for their their prayers and then when you get to verse 12 he says whoever exalts himself will be humbled whoever humbles himself will be exalted so again it's that whole kingdom upside down, upside down yeah. so if the work you do from a worldly perspective is seen as lowly or you know degrading or nobody really appreciates it that is actually the work that is the most valuable mm -hmm. from a kingdom perspective yeah. the person who gets the fame and the lights and the stage and and the applause of men and the accolades in this world it's the kingdom upside down this is evidence that jesus tells us um that that that's not what's valued in the kingdom and he he says woe to you because you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces you yourselves do not enter nor will you let those who are trying to <clears throat> woe to you you teachers of the law and pharisees you hypocrites you travel over land and sea to win a single convert and when he becomes one you make him twice as much of a son of hell as you are that is harsh, Very harsh. but he is honing in and saying the people that you think are the holiest they may have it all wrong because they're doing it for the wrong reasons they they're not they don't really know god on a personal level and it's hypocrisy yeah. so they they know what to say and they they teach what sounds right but they're actually very far from god and as believers we have to be cautious of putting people on these on these ladders of reverence that certain people have holier professions than others when really that work is internal and we don't know the hearts of men we don't know what god is doing we don't know how people are on the inside but jesus did and, and god is looking at us and he knows our hearts yeah yeah i think i think i love i love that um the upside down kingdom i think that's great and if you think about it um it's easy you know when you're wealthy when you're famous when all those good things and they're like and then you're praising god and it's like oh well of course you're going to praise god because everything's good for you but it's when you see those who are poor and brokenhearted and and um inflicted and they praising god and they're serving god that's where you pause and be like wow there's there, there's a lot to it not to take away from from those who are who are rich or anything like that it's not it's not a sin it's not a bad thing it's just more of they're, they're just more of a odd thing you, you know it's jesus paused a number of times when the tax collector beat, beat his chest and woe is me you know mm -hmm. and the pharisee kind of looked at looked at him because oh i fast so many days and this and that and the woman who gave gave it all as an offering like that's what made him pause and right. see and glorify and that that's what we want to we really want to dive into and kind of point out that right the tax collector would have been seen as a really corrupt profession mm -hmm. where the pharisee who had all this religious activity would have been seen as sacred right yeah and and that totally pulls back the curtain on that and and exposes it for what it is and the rest of matthew 23 jesus exposes and he says you know woe to you you're like whitewashed tombs you appear as righteous on the inside but you're full of 
I mean, on the outside, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You're full of greed and indulgence. So he goes on and on and on. Again, there's seven woes. We're not going to go through all of them, but it's, it's revealing that just because it appears sacred and holy doesn't mean that it is. And then the, the more amazing part is that from verse 16 through 22, he really gives us a glimpse uh, what well, it even goes on actually through 24 of what does make work, what does make your, your vocation, what does make the individual activity holy. And he says, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? Uh, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes it sacred? So he, he makes this illustration that the, the presence of God is what makes the activity holy. So it's not the gold in the temple that's holy. It's the temple because the presence of God is there. It's not the gift on the altar that's holy. It's the altar because the presence of God is brought in through the sacrifice. So he he makes this point that it's not the motions of religious activity that make us holy. It is the presence of God that makes us holy, which takes us all the way back. Again, the story of scripture is continuous. It doesn't yeah. change. Yeah the encounter that that Moses has at the burning bush where the presence of God is there and he says to take off your sandals because where you stand is holy ground yeah it wasn't so, the bush that's no burning. he's it just in the desert with he's it. with his you know sheep herding his flocks and yeah. there's just a bush that's on fire it, it's the presence of God that makes that moment sacred and holy and we are now temples right what is more sacred the gold or the temple well the temple because the presence of God lives there well now through the Holy Spirit, we are temples of the living God. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. So therefore, we are holy because his presence is with us. So whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, mm -hmm. we need to do it for the glory of God because wherever we are is holy ground because his presence is with us. And that's the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to be mindful of, that whether you're you know, scrubbing toilets or flying airplanes you know mm -hmm. on a rescue mission uh, whether it's grand or small if the presence of god is there it is sacred and holy and it matters from a kingdom perspective yeah i yeah i love i love that i i love the understanding and hopefully uh you guys caught that because i feel like it's a it's a very important teaching that god makes things holy God makes it's not what we do is if God is in the place. Yeah, he says, That's, be holy as I am holy. Yeah, I, that that is a really. As, as we're preparing and I was just thinking about that, absolutely, absolutely. And then the, the proof of holiness in our lives and of God in our lives is is the fruit of the spirit. Right. How are we coming to our ministries, coming to our work? Is there love, joy, and peace? And is there kindness and goodness and patience and faithfulness and gentleness? Is there self-control when we're working, you know, or we just want to rip somebody's head off? Those are the important parts of that. When we come to work with those parts, those whole, those uh, fruit of the spirits in us, it becomes uh, very God-oriented and God praising and God giving um, whatever we do, giving to unto him. Right. That, that's the important part of it. So when we're coming in with the Holy Spirit in us, because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, 
um, through Christ Jesus. We come to work and we are filled by the Holy Spirit with the fruit of the Spirit. And we give those attributes to those around us, to our work, whatever work that is, we can honestly say that we can bring those to every, every job there is, that we have joy while we're working at whatever place. Are we patient as we're working at places? Is there self-control? All those things. Are we loving on people? That's the key part. And it doesn't matter if we're, we're cleaning, we're building, or we're preaching, right? Even in that matter, if we're preaching, but there's no love, right? Let's go to back to first You're Corinthians. Just making noise. I'm just making noise. If I if I'm praising the Lord and standing on the corner and telling everybody they're all going to hell because of Jesus, and we're like, oh, look what I did. I, I preached the gospel, but there was no love in there. There's nothing. We miss out. Yeah. So we weren't. There was not god there there was no spirit that was led by that there was no holy spirit that was indwelling us that was just might be even hate instead of love right we've just completely missed the mark like like paul talks about how all that he did before became rubbish right so he was a pharisee of pharisees uh who was persecuting the church and he was he thought he was doing it for god but he was misguided and there are so many believers out there who are on that same train and it is off the tracks and they're taking a whole lot of people with them in the wrong direction at a very fast speed. Yeah. And it's quite, it's, it's tragic. And I, I, it's only the grace of God, right? But there go I, and that God intervened in my life and, and slowed my train wreck down. But one of the, the other keys of this is that the most mundane, ordinary tasks, that's part of what we're talking about. Yeah. is not just work in the big picture, but the fact that there's like that that constant theme of like the grind, you know, it's like, oh, it's another Monday. And then you're like, oh, thank God it's Friday. And we go through this over and over and you have the rush hour traffic or, you know, the technical problems on Zoom or, you know, you're taking the kids to school just a million ways. And it's just over. I just I remember a season of my life where it was I just felt like I was in this rut and everything was like groundhogs days like here we go again another load of laundry you know another mm -hmm. another meal to prepare but when you realize that the presence of the almighty god is with you all of a sudden the sacredness of every moment you never know what he's the holy spirit will say or do or how he'll lead you what because you're attentive now yeah. And it's, it becomes quality time. Yeah. So you're not, so the, the quality the, with the Lord. Right. And what this reminded me of was during, during the earlier parts of the pandemic, our son, you know, we were home and he was just bored out of his mind. And the one evening I said, well, do you want to do something? And he's like, oh, you know, we've played all the games, whatever. There's just, you know, I don't know. I'm just bored. And I said, well, I don't care what we do. Just pick something because whatever we do, as long as I'm with you, I'm going to have fun right? Because that relationship component. And, and I made this casual, I was like, we could make potato stamps, and I would probably have a phenomenal time. And he responded, what's a potato stamp? He hadn't ever heard of it. And I'm like, you never you never did that in school where you cut up the edge of a potato, and then you put it in the food coloring and you stamp, and he hadn't done it. And so right, we had this evening, four hours later. <laughs> and it was this amazing memory, we actually are sitting right next to a the, the painting that we made uh, of the stamp collection, we put one in a frame because it was such a, 
a warm redeeming it's an example and, and our son remembers the story of how i use this example that to me was pretty extreme like something as ridiculous as potato stamps and it really was an amazing evening and that's what happens when you love the lord and you realize that he's present with you the most grinding mundane thing becomes quality time you know it's it's not that you have to sit in traffic you get to sit in traffic and you have some quiet time <laughs> rather than road rage you get to just slow your pace down and have some time in prayer and to maybe listen to worship music or just hear a word from the lord yeah I, that's the hard part about all that is that we have to surrender that time to god yep and that's the hard part because we want to be in control and we have uh, the agenda in our heads and then and this is what we need to take care of. And this is my attitude's going to be. And then, whoa, somebody gets in my way. And well, we surrender to God the time of traffic, the time of being sitting in the in the meetings that are absolutely worthless. We, when we surrender that, there's opportunities for us to be with God, mm -hmm. be with God, to serve God, uh, to learn from God, even in those. In those meetings even in those uh, times of um boredom or time of pain or anything else that like you said mundane work mm -hmm. so we did a devotion this a plan a study plan it's not our original work is from hell white your work matters it's on the U version of the bible uh, this well, week the bible plans. yeah it's a it's a it's a reading plan that we did and there was a, a little acronym in there that just gives us a quick snapshot we like acronyms because they're just fun and they're easy yeah. to remember uh, but there's a, a few points that you wanted to share yeah just just quickly we want to talk about uh the acronym is is career how can you give glory to god through your career and now uh, that kind of goes with the the verse that we talked about the first peter uh 2 12 though it says live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong they may see your good deeds and glorify god on the day he visits us so but the reason why we want to do that we want to go through these careers is that we we want to be able to for people to see us and see god in us and glorify god in those in those times in our career in our work in, in our life. character yeah which is c yeah so the first one is our character i think we, we talked about our character as a character of christ and there's so many things that we can talk about it but again in our character there should be the fruit of the spirit right not the hypocrisy and all that was seen in the pharisees in matthew mm -hmm. 23 but integrity mercy love the fruit of the spirit yeah the the a is attitude that's that's a big one because i know at work sometimes i have attitude uh, at all times. But what kind of attitude is this? Is there joy behind this? Is there positivity behind this? Is there's um, gratitude, attitude of gratitude? I heard that helps um, to have. So the next one was attitude. After that is relationships. And I think that's a big one in the workplace. That's the opportunities where we can have that personal relationships, uh, the one-on-one -on -one conversations. The opportunity for people to ask questions and to be able to love on people i think you know sometimes we we as christians uh push people away it's like well i'm a christian there and they're not christian so i don't want to mix with them 
But in those relationships, though, that's where God can really move miracles and where when things happen, if people know your character, they would go to you for prayer or for answers or for just uh, somebody who knows that there's compassion. Right. And that doesn't mean that you have to be perfect in the workplace. I know sometimes people feel pressure because it's like, oh, I'm supposed to evangelize and I'm supposed to, you know, the Christians are supposed to have it together as if we come to Jesus and he puts the stamp on us and all of a sudden we have it all together, but we're a work in progress. And, you know, you, you quoted from first uh, Peter chapter two and verse nine says, you are a chosen people, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness mm -hmm. into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And that verse, we, that's what we should be taking into the workplace is that, you know, I, I was a wretch, like I, I'm a mess and yeah. I am in the process of coming out of the darkness and coming towards the light of Christ. And, and just the same way that God is loving and patient and merciful with me. I can be that light to others. And and that doesn't mean I'm going to get it right all the time, but that people will see me changing and be drawn to that and give praise to God because you're not who you were even a year ago. Yeah. Which, which kind of moves in a funny way, moves to the next, next one, which is E, which is uh, the first E, which is excellent. And uh, I think in that matter, again, not being perfect, but striving for excellence so that when we do do things that are asked of us at our job that we try to do our best we're not trying to be just fly under the radar just do the minimum but i really do our best because when we do our best people notice and why do we do our best because we do it unto the lord we're not trying to get a, a raise or or make sure that our boss knows notices how amazing how excellent we are no because we're serving god and we want to give him our best. Just like when uh, in the Old Testament, he asked for the best fruit uh, for offerings uh, and, and sacrifices. That's what we're doing to, uh, for him at work. We give our best. It's not the, the last whatever we have left over. Mm -hmm. We want to give our best to him. Uh, the, the next one is experience. And I think you, you kind of it brought that up about the things that we have gone through, the experience that we've gone through. It gives it gives us opportunity to minister to others through our experience, to what we bring into the into our workplace. Absolutely, absolutely, and the experiences that we have, again, coming back full circle, that God will use that we're still a work in progress, that those experiences mm -hmm. will help mature us, uh, help us to go deeper in our faith, help us to become stronger and more in the image of Christ. So those experiences are not necessarily just to be more of an expert in your field, although that's great, but it's also, he allows you to go through those experiences in order to make a change within you. And I know this acronym is career, but uh, career could be whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you're a student, that's your current profession. If you're a homemaker, that's a profession. Yeah. So that's um, character, attitude, relationship, excellence, experience. And then the last one, 
Full it's, circle. Yeah, it's rest. And we, we talked at the beginning how we've talked about the boundaries, how important the boundaries. And I know at my job, I have opened, I have ministered to people about teaching about rest. Just because I have gone through the place of workaholic about working my regular hours, then coaching till nine o'clock at night, and then on Saturday waking up, working on other things and other things and other things, and just adding more and more, more work to my life, and and realizing how important rest is, and being able to teach that uh, to those around me for them to see that rest is important. Rest is very important. The boundary of rest, it, it broke my heart. Uh, we had a meeting with other coaches at, at, at my job. And I remember hearing one, one of the coaches said, he said, hey, I love my job. And I know as a coach, I have to sacrifice. I did not raise my children. Somebody else raised my children because I was raising somebody else's children. I was coaching all these people. And my wife knew about this. So she just took care of that. And I'm sitting there, I was like, that's not a positive thing mm -hmm. it's not you you need to find rest you need to find boundaries you need to take care of your family and your children and your health how many times we're so driven for work that we could be like deathly sick and we still go in and put in work yep. just because of that instead of like well i have sick days i'm sorry for those who don't that they have to come in right but those who those who do take your sick days, take your personal days, take your vacation days, mm -hmm. sometimes because you're sick and sometimes because your family needs you at home because you need to take care of something or just spend a mental day and veg and not feel guilty about yeah, it. <laughs> sleep in, watch some shows, go grab something to eat, catch up with a friend, make your spouse take off work too, and just play hooky, whatever it is, but you need that. And when people see that, they see the understanding of how, there should be a balance. That's a huge ministry. God taught us, keep Sabbath. <laughs> Sabbath is holy. Just pause. Trust God that even though you're not there, he's still in control. Right. And for those who are in ministry, you know, we, the church tends to think of Sabbath as the Sunday, but it can be another day of the week that you just set aside and take time to slow down. You know, if you have yeah. to work, and not only in church, but other people work on Sundays too, so especially hospitality industry, the, the weekends are the busy time. Mm -hmm. So just making sure that you have another time where you are intentionally surrendering and allowing for that restoration process that we are not God. We are limited beings and we need rest. Yeah. You know, eventually you may be the type of person who drives your car with the light on E, you know, the fuel tank on E, eventually you're going to run out of gas. You know, the, the phone is at 1%. Eventually it's going to power down. And, you know, I just feel led for a moment to just share transparently. I, I haven't shared it through these recordings. Uh, those of people who are in person have heard some of my testimony, but I learned this the hard way. So I, for decades was in ministry full-time doing nonprofit work, executive work, and thought that I was doing it for the kingdom. And so my family released me, they covered me, but I neglected so many things. Um, most of all, I mean, I, I feel terrible about the ways that I neglected my marriage and my kids, but I also really neglected myself. And 
in uh, 2015, I had a nervous breakdown and I crashed and burned because I had gone, I was working 12, 14 hour days. I went like 10 months without a single day off. Um, no Sabbath, no rest. I just kept going, going, going. And I was doing good work. I mean, we were running, uh, doing human trafficking advocacy. I was preaching and teaching. And I had, I thought that as long as I was doing God's work, that somehow I had a never ending reservoir that God would just protect and cover me. Uh, but the signs were all there. I started having panic attacks, anxiety issues. My husband noticed that I was possibly in depression, which I kind of laughed at the time, but he was so right. And, uh, it's been a very long, hard road of recovery. And so for those of you who are, maybe you have a full-time job, but you're committed to ministry at the church, or maybe working for the church's full-time ministry, just because it has ministry attached to the title or that you're doing it for God, uh, doesn't make it holy. Uh, we have to slow down and we have to find our limits and honor ourselves with rest before we crash and burn the hard way. So please, please learn from my experience because the journey towards healing has been slow and hard and the cost far exceeds what I ever would have imagined. Um, so again, you know, our email is corechurch242 at gmail.com. Uh, if someone who's listening to this is in that season of burnout or just something that we shared today, really minister to you, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would be happy to connect with you, whether it's to just listen and cry with you, pray with you, celebrate with you, whatever it looks like. Uh, just know that you are loved and covered in prayer today and always. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And uh, on that note, I would also, and thank you for your transparency. Um, we encourage you. We went 10 days, 10 weeks of going through discipleship, um, um, disciplines i'm sorry spiritual disciplines and a lot of them was about solitude and sabbath and taking time um, for, for god to move in our lives away from the busy work and i really encourage you to listen to listen to those uh, because it ministered to us it helped us with the healing process of uh, coming back from all that work so definitely would encourage you guys to to jump jump in into those teachings and again to to reach out because uh, you know, some of you guys are here close by that we can talk personally, or some of you guys are around the world listening, and we appreciate each and every one of you, and we want to serve you any way possible as pastors and as uh, believers in Christ, as a body of Christ. So thank you again for listening. Uh, and like Until last, next time. Until next time. Know you're loved and covered in prayer. Thanks for joining us. We hope this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to God. Know you are loved and covered in prayer.